0: sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together.
1: Hey, guys. It's Lauren, and I'm here with Debs, and we have a special guest and friend with us here today, Pastor Nick Hindle. Um, We are so glad that you're here today. Thanks for coming up here and joining us.
2: It's my absolute pleasure. I love doing this. It's awesome. (laughs) We love having you.
0: So guys, you are in for a great treat today. Pastor Nick has joined us a few times and we have always received such great feedback. We've been friends for a few years now, and let me just tell you, he's the real deal. Loves God, loves people. He's humble, a true servant leader, and he's equally brilliant. <laughs> i gonna prop him up, prop him up. It makes, it, um, this
2: makes it difficult to be humble, but keep going. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we feel very honored to have you joining us today, and we're really excited to talk about the Holy Spirit, which yeah. I know is, a, a, he's not a subject, he's a person, yes. but you love talking about him and the difference that yeah. he makes in a person's life. So we're going to glean from your wisdom today. I know you've got lots of experience, and I know that you're going to bring a great biblical perspective to all of this. Yes,
1: awesome. I'm so excited. I'm happy to have you back. Um, the last time that you were here, you were here with um, your beautiful wife, Danielle, That's right. and man, after that podcast podcast i just went home and i tried to talk like her with her accent. <laughs> i loved it i loved listening to danielle i loved her voice it was so soothing and just the things that i learned from her it was such a fun time yeah um it was actually around this time last year um oh, wow. it was we recorded yeah. um episode number 29 last year at this time and now we're on like 53 i think right? come, on. <laughs> come on was it already this time last yeah, year it was yeah. my yeah.
2: goodness It goes by Um, fast Wow
1: Yeah, we recorded um, Rocking Your Relationship And in that episode, we talked about the foundations for a healthy relationship
0: Yes, and we actually had marriage coach Wanda Collins with us on that episode And you may not know this, but it was our most listened to episode of that year Wow Last year, how about that?
2: That's incredible Come on That's incredible So
0: y'all are in for a treat
1: Yeah Wow Well, guys, in February, we began talking about the Holy Spirit, who He is and how He works and how we can hear from Him and the fruit that He cultivates in our life. Today, we just really wanted you to hear from someone whose life we believe bears um, witness to having an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, we thought we would kick off our discussion today by asking you about your personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, we'd love to hear what your journey has been like getting to know Him.
2: Yep. So I think my relationship with the Holy Spirit is, um, you know, getting getting to know Him. I think it's important for us to start off. I mean, I'm sure you guys have spoken about this already. That um, getting to know Him is actually acknowledging the fact that He is He's a person. Like as okay. you said earlier, He's He's not a subject. He's not a thing. He's not an it. Um, he's He's a person. And i think one of the things that um that i've experienced in my own life you know you look at uh, the book of genesis and in there you see joseph even though he had all of his power he had all of the authority that was given to him it was actually an abomination for the egyptians to dine with the hebrews so they set table for joseph all the way on his own he was always isolated at those intimate moments those intimate times of koinonia and meals and I think for me, that's a little bit what my relationship with the Holy Spirit was like. He has all the power and the authority, but I never dine with him. Mm. I never actually take time to be with him. I treat him like he is and like he is the unseen guest, but also the ignored guest, mm. whereas he's actually supposed to be front and center in everything because he's been given all the power and the authority. Um, so and so I think I that we <laughs> we just started. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's really important that first and foremost I had to learn to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit was in me, and I really grappled with that concept for the longest time. And you said, you know, what was what was my experience with the Holy Spirit? Um, I think that you know, growing up, I grew up in a church where the holy spirit was was an add-on um mm-hmm. and i think that the the experience of the holy spirit was god the father god the son and god the holy scriptures <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't so much the holy spirit you know the holy spirit um was a very real part of the trinity but nobody was ever really able to help me understand um the holy spirit and i know that at some point we'll probably you know talk about the baptism and the holy spirit and stuff like that so I'll, I'll circle back to that. Okay, but um, yeah, just my experience of the Holy Spirit was that He was unseen and ignored for a lot of my uh, a lot of my my young adult and teenage my teenage and my young adult life, um, and it was only when I began doing my own Berean homework and searching up that I realized that in fact I actually have the power of God living inside of me and the person of the Holy Spirit. And I stopped referring to him as it, mm. you know, um, and the Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. He is a person. And so for me, it was that acknowledgement of who he is and that he's actually real and he's a person. He has thoughts, he has feelings, he has intellect, he has, he has everything that we know a mm-hmm. person has. He's not just a fuzzy cloud that hangs about sometimes. So, yeah.
0: Okay. That's awesome. So what advice would you give to someone listening today that wants to get to know the Holy Spirit better?
2: Again, I think that, you know, it's first of all, there's that importance of actually acknowledging who the Holy Spirit is and acknowledging the fact that if you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. Mm-hmm. He, He's very much alive and well. In fact, you only know Jesus because the Holy Spirit has been working in your life behind but behind the scenes, wooing you and drawing you into relationship with Jesus. And Jesus brings us into relationship with the Father. But it all starts with the Holy Spirit. Yep. He goes up first. He woos you into relationship with Jesus. Jesus opens the access and the doorway to the Father because ultimately it's about that father-child relationship again yeah. with us. So for anybody who's who who's wanting to have that relationship with the holy spirit yeah it starts with like the acknowledgement that he's actually already in you whether you've whether you recognize it or not you wouldn't
0: not. want to get to know him better if he wasn't no
2: the one who's
1: <laughs> yes. wooing you to that so exactly. that's great news
2: exactly <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> i love it that is you know we spent a whole episode talking about hearing the voice of the holy spirit so can you tell us a little bit about how you hear the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit talks to you?
2: Yeah. Um, I think one of the first things is that the Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word of God. Um, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people who have an unction or they have a, an impression of something, and there's there's a lot of Christians out there who will play, uh, you know, biblical uh russian roulette you just kind of flick the page and go ah oh, the lord spoke to me out of this um he does speak out of his word he speaks in worship he speaks when we pray he speaks through circumstances he speaks through other people but at no point does the holy spirit ever contradict the word of god um and so for me when i'm when i'm sitting and i want to hear what the holy spirit is saying um it's never just one way of communicating in much the same way with, with Danielle and with all of us, we have verbal and nonverbal communication. And the Holy Spirit's a person and he's got exactly the same thing. He's got verbal and nonverbal communication. The Holy Spirit will speak to us through his word or he'll speak to us when we're praying. But there's also the nonverbal communication where sometimes you'll, you'll just feel a nudge or you'll feel an impulse to, to um, reach out to somebody or to do or not to do. But again, I think it's, a, it's vitally important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit is never, ever, ever going to tell us to do anything that is contradictory to the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will always conf- – you can confirm what the Holy Spirit is saying by studying the Word of God, yeah. and the Holy Spirit will speak to you in those. So for me, I don't know. It's just it's, – it's never one thing. I, I spend – the first hour of every day is spent with Jesus. And in those moments, if I'm always searching for the Holy Spirit to speak to me one way, He will never allow me to get stuck in the status quo because it's almost as though I will hear Him in the quiet. And then at some point, He will stop speaking to me in the quiet so I don't become accustomed to a formula. And then I can feel when my barometer is like, oh, you're not like, where are you? It's, it's, it's an exciting fishing expedition with the Holy Spirit <laughs> okay. sometimes because it depends on the lure that I've got. He's out there. He wants to be caught. He wants to be pursued because mm-hmm. he's pursuing us. He's madly in love with us. and But yet he's not always sitting in the same place. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit loves to play that hide-and-seek game with us. And if, if we are always just standing in the same spot counting to 10, he's like, come and find me. Like let's go explore together. Come, come in, because there is a whole, there's a whole world of exploration out there. And he's like, I'm not found in the quiet always. Sometimes I'm found in the noise. Sometimes I'm I'm found in, in nature. Like I know Deb's for you, the Holy Spirit speaks to you through rainbows and oh, one hundred percent. Like I know people, the Holy like they feel the Holy Spirit speaking to them through storms. Like I love. Thunderstorms, Like they just like when I want to feel the Holy Spirit just kind of wrap his arms around me, put me in the worst thunderstorm. And I'm just like, I feel at peace. That's <laughs> really? a precious thing for me. Oh, wow. Rain and thunder and lightning is just the most amazing experience that huh. I can have with the Holy Spirit. But then when sometimes did that start. Well, that was actually. So here's the thing. I've realized that. What I'm afraid of is afraid of my God. And when I was little growing up in Zimbabwe, we used to have the same sort of thunderstorms and that you get here in Georgia, same sort of climate. So during summer you get these massive big thunderstorms that come through. Mm -hmm. And I used to be really afraid when I was little of the, of the thunder and the lightning and the, and the rain. And it was actually through an experience that I had with my dad where he walked me outside during one of these thunderstorms and he didn't let go of my hand and he just let me stand there in this thunderstorm. And then he kind of moved to a safe distance and he just let me stand there. Mm -hmm. And I still felt his presence. I knew that he was still there, but he helped me to experience the joy of being in the thing that I was most afraid of. And what I realized in that moment is that the thing that I'm afraid of is afraid of my God. Mm. And that the Holy Spirit began to, I always, I always had that image of of my dad and me and, mm-hmm. my, and my dad looking after me in that moment, in those instances where I was afraid of that thing. And I think that that's always been a great reminder for me of thunderstorms just remind me that the Holy Spirit's always with me. And I yeah. don't have to be afraid because what I'm afraid of is afraid of my God. Come on,
1: yeah, I love that. <laughs> when I was a kid, my cousin she was very scared of um, storms, thunder. She did not like thunder, and I remember my grandfather telling her, "Oh, Courtney, it's just God playing bowling upstairs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he just got a strike." <laughs> That's great. But I like your I like your um,
1: explanation a lot better.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't know. I, I think it's he doesn't speak through one specific formula and it's one specific way you know sometimes it's through worship like it's through the word it's it's through other people where i'm grappling with things Mm -hmm. and then the holy spirit will send somebody along Mm -hmm. just left of center and they will there will be a word there will be a scripture there will be an encouragement of something and i'm like there's no way that you knew about what was going on but what i've realized is that god so desperately wants us to know that he's always thinking of us, like we are the apple of his eye. Yeah. And he will go to any extent to make sure that we hear what he needs for us to hear. Even if we're in those moments where we are not listening, he'll actually go and tell somebody else to give us a message. So he doesn't speak to me through one specific way. It's just whatever by it's almost like by any means necessary. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will get to us.
0: Do you remember the first time? That you knew the Holy Spirit was speaking
2: to you? <laughs> well, okay. Yes. You uh, do? It was actually... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll share the story. So the very first time that I um, I felt the Holy... S- <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> only one time in my life have I heard the Holy Spirit. Okay. Audibly. Um, and it was the first time um, that I, I heard the Holy Spirit. And that was before... It was just before I gave my life to Jesus. So I gave my life to the Lord when I was twelve years old, and um, I think every Christian hears from the Holy Spirit. Every Christian who said yes to Jesus, you've actually heard from the Holy Spirit. Because apart from the Holy Spirit, nobody can say that Jesus is Lord. So we've all heard the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit speak to us. But on this instance, I was—we were all back from school because you know we went—we went to boarding school, and my so it was school holidays. I was back from school. And I was running around trying to I've, – I've got a little brother. So I'm, I'm the middle child, older sister, me, then, then a little brother. And so there's 18 months apart from, from each of us. And I was running around and I was – I had my sights set on hurting Len. Like I, <laughs> he was being a normal, pesky little, little brother. And I had my sights set on hurting him. Uh-huh. And I was chasing him like a little Jack Russell would a tire not wanting, not knowing what I was going to do when I got my hands on him, but I was going to do him some damage. And I was, as I said, we were young and I literally heard a very audible no. And it was booming. And I, for some reason, and it was a man's voice. Mm-hmm. And I went through to the, um the kitchen and I said to my mom, bizarrely, like, she, she, she's got a very s- little voice. And I was uh-huh. like, did you just tell me no? And she goes, Nope, that may have been your dad. I ran to my dad and I was like, dad, like I was chasing Len. I wanted to hit him. Like, did you tell me no? He goes, no, I didn't, but don't you dare. And I just knew in that moment, I went back and my mom was was doing something in the kitchen and she said to me, Nick, is it possible you've just heard the Lord speak to you? Wow. And I'm like, yeah, I reckon I did. And so that was the very first time that I'd actually heard the audible voice of God. And it was it was thunderous. It was it actually stopped me in my tracks. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then so following on from there, the next time that I heard the Holy Spirit was just when he was wooing me into a relationship with him. Yeah. Even as a 12-year-old. I just I knew that he was safe and he could be trusted. Yeah. And so that was the that was the first time I'd heard an audible. And then the next time I just felt it in my soul. Yeah. He spoke to my entire soul, my My mind, my will, my emotions was just drawn to him. So, Mm yeah.
0: All right. Thanks for sharing that. (laughs) That's cool. Um, How about a, a time the Holy Spirit led you into truth and then helped you live in light of that truth?
2: Yeah. So I think, you know, going to boarding school at such a young age, again, I just want to, I just want to say this for the listeners. I wasn't at boarding school because I was a troubled child. <laughs> I, I was I was at boarding school because right, right, just right. where we were where we lived in Zimbabwe it was just all the good schools were were f- quite far away from from where we lived and it wasn't uncommon for for people to to go to boarding school. So I was at boarding school from 8 years old. And being at boarding school from such a young age I technically left home at eight. Wow. Um, so I've spent more time away from my, my mom and dad than I had at home. and being in boarding school, even though you had all your needs met, like there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of good that is part of you know being in a boarding school, but at the same time, you're not being raised by your parents right And there's, that manifests itself differently depending on the child. Some kids become incredibly rebellious. I became one of those, I would react first and then try and seek understanding after as a result of me now feeling guilty for a reaction to something. And it developed this pattern in me of become ve- becoming very reactionary. It got to the point where when I was a teenager, my dad said, Nick, you're like a tightly coiled spring. Like you just, you just anything can just set you off. I didn't have anger issues. I had major fear issues mm. that if I let anybody speak to me a certain way or, or conduct themselves in a way that I didn't deem respectful, that I needed to nip that in the bud because of my fear of being taken advantage of, my fear of being walked over, my fear of, of um, being treated disrespectfully. And so that developed in me a very reactionary Mm -hmm. um behavior and the holy spirit began to speak to me about and challenge me about the truth of the dangers about being a reactionary person rather than a responsive person and he spoke to me he speaks to me a lot in pictures and and he speaks to me a lot in in uh metaphors as well so He gave me this picture and he said to me, Nick, there's a reason that it's called a nuclear reactor rather than a nuclear responder. If it was a nuclear responder, no damage would be done. Mm -hmm. A nuclear reactor causes devastation and destruction. And your reaction causes devastation and Mm -hmm. destruction. You need to learn to be responsive, not reactive. And so the Holy Spirit took me on an incredible journey by Allowing me to be in circumstances and situations that absolutely was testing and pushing all the buttons that would initiate a nuclear reaction in me, but the Holy Spirit taught me how to contain that blast inside of me rather than just allowing that blast to kind of just spray all over the people around me, which meant that I walked around with less guilt and less regret in relationships mm-hmm. i mean if if everything we do as christians is summed up in love god love people then what i was doing by being reactionary was actually not loving people but by being responsive i was learning to love god love people and i was also learning that i can still manage my emotions i i still control me when I allow myself to become responsive to a circumstance or situation because I cannot control what's going on on the outside. There were so many layers to this that the Holy Spirit was, was trying to help me to, to get, grapple, well, master, get my, get my head around and, and, and hands around. Um, that being, in being a reactionary person, I actually was losing control. Whereas being a responsive person, I, I maintain control but not control of my circumstances and situations because that is amount to witchcraft where Mm -hmm. you try and control other people. You cannot control other people because then now you are, you are bypassing their free will. So I cannot control outside circumstances and situations and people, but I do get to control how I choose to respond. I control me and that's the only person. So the Holy Spirit the truth that I realized in my own life was that I needed to learn to be a responsive person rather than a reactionary person. And it took a minute.
0: Yeah. It took
2: a while for me to unlearn and relearn. But he did it. He did it. <laughs> yes, he did it.
0: <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that's that's how good God is. Yeah. He sees what you're called to. He sees your experiences and where you are and then reveals truth that ultimately sets you free, but at the same time is going to work to help others be free. Yes. That's the beauty of our God.
1: Absolutely. He is
0: amazing. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: So good. Yeah, that was. And I think that's something that...
0: I love the word picture thing.
1: I do too. The Mm -hmm. nuclear... Reactor. Reactor. I was going to say disaster. Same thing. That was really good. And I think that this is something like a lot of people probably struggle with that. Like that example that you gave, I mean, I know that I've struggled with that at one point in my life. And I think as you do get closer to the Holy Spirit and you read the scriptures and you understand how God has intended you to live, He doesn't want you to be destruction, right? No, he doesn't want you right. to be a nuclear disaster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's learning how to hear those things yeah. and not receive them as condemnation. Yeah. yeah, you know, He doesn't highlight things in our life to condemn us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He highlights things in us um, to us so that He can lead us in freedom. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, that's what talks about mm-hmm. walking in the flesh versus walking in the spirit. You are able to. Um, control yeah. yourself, which there's no law that, come. you know. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, yeah. self-control. So, so good.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I do love that you said that you didn't feel like you were walking in guilt and shame. Yeah. And that, that's like exactly what you are talking about, being free from all that. So, love yep. that. <laughs> so well, good. I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about um, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. So, when did you learn about baptism of the Holy Spirit?
2: Well, I learned about the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, again when I was when I was quite young. So I was probably about fourteen uh, or 13, 14 when I first mm-hmm. heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't a great experience, to be honest. Okay. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't a great experience, not because the Holy Spirit did something wrong. It wasn't a great experience because of the mishandling and of of that experience. So, um, the first time I heard about it. Uh, i was about 13 years old and we had gone up to a farm um, of a family that was uh, attending the same church as us and this was in the this is in the the 80s and so there was a there was a lot of the charismatic movement was going on and uh we had uh a lady come out and she was she was going to be doing a baptism in the holy spirit class and i mean it was an incredible evening of of worship and um great teaching but then when we got to the praying part of it um i remember i was there with my mum, and uh this lady was praying for my mom and praying over her and imagine imagine the scene it was it was like an old an old british type homestead on a beautiful farm it was a cattle ranch uh the sun's gone down uh you got the 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 beautiful uh, african night with with all the all the all the animals and the and, and the insects and the birds and everything mm-hmm. else like that were nocturnal and so it was a, it was an incredibly uh, uh beautiful setting and around around the living room there were you know pockets of people praying for each other and there were people speaking in tongues and there were there were people trying to speak in tongues and praying and this lady comes over to to where to where we were praying with some some people and she begins praying for my mom and my mom's you know waiting and following the instructions and it just switched because mom was like nothing's happening and i remember in that moment the lady who was leading this became incredibly impatient and began condemning my mom like this is your fault like this this is a result of of your lack of faith and it's and i'm sitting there and my mom was like whoa whoa, okay hold on a second back up like and so it just went from being a very yeah she's 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 not shy about going forward when it when it doesn't line up biblically mm-hmm. um and so she really did um kind of set the record straight there but it it left a scar on the holy spirit and it was only within about a month or two of that of that experience that our church went through a split really yeah we went through a church split because you know some of the congregation was like you know they were baptized in the holy spirit and then others were saying this yeah. This is not for now, mm-hmm. um, and so the church went through the split, and as a result of the way that we were handled, um, or at least that that situation was handled, um, it just left a very negative um, uh, impression on on me, and we would go into like. Every year, my my dad would take time off of work, and we would spend about a month um, on the South African coast um, at the end of every year because our Christmas, our summer is over Christmas. And just God has an incredible sense of humor. Like we would go visit churches, and probably fifty percent of the churches that we would go visit when we were traveling uh, in South Africa were charismatic churches. Hmm. But what was happening is that the the experiences in those charismatic churches just reinforced a negative impression that I had of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because th- there was just stuff that I that I was I had been exposed to that caused our church to split mm-hmm. and the way that it was like the disorder if you like, mm-hmm. in, in those services And I was one of those that um, I was quite critical of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because my experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, had been a critical experience. And then I remember I arrived in in, in London and uh, Danielle had introduced me to a church that uh, was a Pentecostal church. Um, but I realized that the way that they managed and they conducted themselves were not in a disorderly way. It was in an orderly way, mm-hmm. which is the complete opposite of the experiences that I had previously had with churches that moved in the in the holy spirit and that began that became attractive to me and i realized that there was something missing or i thought that there was something missing in me and then began this journey where i felt like i didn't have the holy spirit like i would be in these meetings and if the whole if the whole church was just laid out i was the only guy standing there going (laughs) you missed me jesus (laughs) again (laughs) you missed me (laughs) and so <laughs> I, so I was just—I was desperate to have this experience, to, of, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and swinging from the chandeliers uh-huh. and all of that sort of stuff, doing <laughs> flick flacks and whatever else, and like, <laughs> I was just, and I just was always missed. But I never wanted to manufacture it, and I never wanted to—I never wanted it to be um, contrived, and I never wanted it to be um, unauth- unauthentic or inauthentic, and so. I remember speaking to, it was actually Danielle's grandfather. And so Danielle's uh, mom and uh, grandfather, they, they move incredibly in the prophetic and words of knowledge. And uh, just the Holy Spirit has used them inc- just remarkably. I remember having a conversation with him and he said to me, Nick, what you're desiring is the experience. My encouragement is to get more into the word like become so saturated on the word of God. Because my experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit up to that point was, it was disappointment and discouragement because of the way that it had been mismanaged and handled in the church in Zimbabwe. And then when I moved to the West, it was disappointment because everybody else was falling out and I was constantly missed. Mm. I wasn't able. So I was just like, so it's destructive. And then when I desire it, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So it's ex- it's an exclusive club. Mm. And I really grappled with it. And I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12. I got baptized in water when I was 18. And I was only, I think, 32, 34 maybe, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. And the way that that happened, I remember... I was prayed for and I began speaking in tongues and I was like, wow, I've just hit the jackpot. It's actually happening. This Mm is, I've, I've, I have now been included in the club. (laughs) (laughs) I've made it. I'm in first class. Um, And then, but I, I realized that this, this, the Holy Spirit, something, and I'll, I'll, I'll come to, I'll come back to this in a second. But there was there was a breakdown in my in my understanding of what exactly had happened, and I remember going on a hunting trip, and uh, we were sitting around the campfire one night because um, we would go up into the Victorian uh, mountains uh, once a year on a, on a big hunting trip, and I was sitting around the campfire, and one of the guys that was there was where I had been. So he was a, an older gentleman, but he was still where I had been when I was in Zimbabwe. Mm. And I remember in my naivety, I am now sitting there and I'm like, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And da-da. and he said to me, and he said to me something along the lines of, we've all got the Holy Spirit and there's no baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so he and this guy was a pastor. And so I was listening to his theology and it began making me question, mm-hmm. but I was still in the, in, in the learning process of what was going on and what the baptism of the Holy Spirit actually meant. And I remember for a while afterwards, I would be praying in the Spirit, I'd be worshiping in the Spirit, but at the same time, I'd be questioning in the back of my mind, like, is this just contrived? Like, is is he right? Like, is everything that we've been taught and told, is it all just a farce? And as I said, the Holy Spirit speaks to me in pictures and metaphors. I love tea. I'm a big tea drinker. And so I haven't, I haven't drunk coffee in some 18 years now. Really? Yep. So I do turn my nose up at uh, coffee drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't say I think I'm better, but hey. <laughs> But I I I love I love a good cup of tea.
0: What what's your favorite tea?
2: It's English breakfast. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I was I was looking at like one morning, I was I was looking at the kettle on the stove and the Holy Spirit said to me, This is what the this is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is like. He said, Nick, you are the kettle. When you give when you gave your life to me. In the same way that there is water in the kettle, I have always been in you. The only thing that happens with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that a flame is added to the equation. So you are the kettle. The water is inside, and the water is the Holy Spirit. The flame on the stove is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when that water begins to boil, Mm -hmm. the kettle begins to whistle. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
2: good. I like it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. So when I said yes to Jesus being in my life, Mm -hmm. my kettle was filled with water, but it was cold water. Mm -hmm. The full potential of the water was only realized when I added it to a fire.
0: Mm -hmm. So good.
2: And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the fire of Mm -hmm. God that invokes the full potential of the Spirit of God that is already in me. So that Spirit that already was there – There was already doing all the interceding and the teaching and the edifying and the drawing and the correcting and the convicting and the loving and the caring and all of those nurturing things. He was always there with me, but there was more to him. And it was only when I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit that the fire got added and then the manifestation of the Holy Spirit took place in my life. And I began to whistle. (laughs) 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 began to speak in my heavenly language. And so that's my experience of of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's been a journey. Mm -hmm. But I realize that if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the water is inside of you.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
2: The only thing that happens with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you don't receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that's already in you is actually, he catches fire. Yeah. He begins begins to boil.
0: So in terms of whistling and... (laughs) speaking in tongues. um, You know, the difference that that has made in your life, how would you explain that to someone?
2: Well, you know, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, you know, I will pray in the Spirit and I will also pray with understanding. He says, I will sing in the Spirit and I'll also sing with understanding. And so what it's done for me is it's enhanced my prayer life because there are certain things that I don't know what to pray, and so when I don't know what to pray, I will I will ebb and flow in praying in, in, in tongues and then praying in English. So I'll give you an example. I will always begin my time with the Lord in worship, acknowledging who He is, thanking Him for His goodness, His kindness, and 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 uh, entering His courts with with uh, with praise and so i i begin speaking in in english but then there comes a point where i feel that my spirit wants to begin to communicate and there are things that my spirit is praying that i don't necessarily have understanding of and i will pray in the spirit not the entire time Mm -hmm. but until i feel as though that that it's almost like waves if you like so I will pray in the spirit until that wave crashes onto the beach. And then if I don't feel like the next wave is coming, i begin to pray in English again. Mm. But then I'm also asking the Holy Spirit for interpretation of what I'm praying also. Um, So I will pray in the spirit until I get a thought, a picture, a name, uh, a, 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 a uh, did I say thought already? Yeah, maybe I did. Mm -hmm. A thought of of something somebody a circumstance a situation and that gets downloaded to me while i'm praying in tongues Mm -hmm. and then when i get that impression i then begin praying in english into that thing yep and until i feel as though it's been uh, until i feel as though the holy spirit says okay that's done and then i'll go back and praying in the spirit so i go before because god is spirit and needs to be worshipped in spirit so i'll go to him in spirit and then when my spirit gets something then we we are also triune beings we are also spirit soul and body yep. and so our entire being needs to be engaged in the in the prayer and the worship so when my spirit gets a revelation then i will begin and i get the impression of it then i'll begin to either declare or intercede or uh, uh, uh give praise or whatever it is that's needed in that for that person for me my family my whatever yep. and i'll begin to pray in in in, in my uh in words of understanding, understanding, and then I'll go back into the spirit when when that's done. So that's how that's how it's it's worked. It's almost like my spirit, because the Holy Spirit and my spirit are one. The Holy Spirit will give my spirit, and then my spirit will give my soul. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Yep. And then my soul and my body will also be part of that. So my entire being is is um, caught up in that prayer moment. That's how it works for me.
0: What a gift when you think about Mm -hmm. what the Holy Spirit does in our life. Mm. I mean, what a privilege and what a gift to be able to commune with, I mean, God.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In his language. Absolutely. So I have a question. What would you say to others who want this? Like they want to have this gift of the Holy Spirit. They want to be able to speak in tongues. They desire it. Kind of like how you were saying you really wanted it and you felt. Like you yep. Or even have had that negative.
2: So what I would say is, is that <laughs> I can only speak from where I've where I've come from, and I'm going to ask you to do something that is incredibly difficult, because there is there are few things as disheartening as feeling as though you've missed out when you've desired something so long, that the desiring of that thing can actually become a distraction and an idol. And I think that for anybody who has been desiring the gift of the of speaking in tongues, I just want to say that you are not subpar and you are not second rate and you are you are not um you feel like you're lacking something, but you're actually not lacking anything when it comes to your relationship with God. And people who speak in tongues are not better than people who do not speak in tongues. In fact, sometimes the speaking in tongues can almost become a lazy form of communication with jesus and so oftentimes people can use the gift of tongues as a way to just go through the motions and they bypass the fact that you're supposed to speak in both words of understanding and in the spirit and so first of all to those who have been desiring this and you haven't you haven't experienced it, just keep pursuing it. God's timing is absolutely perfect. And I don't know why some people get it the second that they give their lives to Jesus or the second that they have hands laid on them. Or, and for other people, it doesn't come.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've got, I know incredible men and women of God that have been walking with Jesus faithfully for some 40, 50 years. And they've never been able to pray in tongues. I admire the fact that they do not contrive it and they do not uh, pretend or or manufacture it. Yeah, They are honest enough to say, actually, I haven't received this yet. And again, the, the, that picture of the kettle and the water, the Holy Spirit is inside of you already. You've got everything you need. And sometimes the speaking in tongues is actually used as a condemning weapon as opposed to what it's supposed to be, which is edifying. Mm. Because some have gone to the extent of saying that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. And I want to say to anybody listening, if you've ever been told that, that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. That is not true. You are not saved because you speak in tongues. You are saved because Jesus Christ died. He was buried and he rose again and you've accepted him into your life and he's washed away your sins. And you can only say that Jesus is Lord because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. When you give your life to Jesus, your spirit, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. He is the one who lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit does. So you've already got the Holy Spirit. I just want to encourage you that you do not now let the not the ability or the inability to speak in tongues somehow make you feel as though there is a lack in your relationship with the Father because there is none. you do not lack anything mm-hmm. when it comes to Jesus because you have the abundance of what Jesus has. And if Jesus, if he wills it and desires it for you to have that gift, he will give it to you. Mm-hmm. But if he's chosen not to give it to you, sometimes we think that we are, we are anemic or we, are, we, we lack an ability to be, a, be effective for Jesus. I have seen people who have, have been given the gift, because remember, the, 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 the gifts are without repentance. Mm-hmm. I've seen people who have had the ability to raise the dead and to heal the sick and speak in tongues and prophesy and words of knowledge and all this stuff, and their lives are in an absolute wreck. Mm-hmm. The gifts do not make you a better Christian. That's being right. Christ like makes you a a, a, a good Christian. Yeah. <laughs> and so to anybody who is who is 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 desiring this, continue to desire it, but don't make an idol out of the thing that you desire because you will absolutely miss what Jesus is trying to do in your life right here right now because you do not lack anything. Everything that Jesus wants to give to you is an add on to the fact that you already have eternity. Mm-hmm. You've got everything that you already need. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just for a purpose. And maybe somehow you don't have what you desire because God's purpose is that you are able to speak to people who yet don't have that thing either. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but it's not as a result of a lack of faith, yeah. like what my mom was told, like what I was told. That is not why you don't speak in tongues. It is a gift. And if you're desiring it, In the Lord's time and His will, He will give it to you when it's right for you and it will be perfectly timed Mm -hmm. and it will be perfectly suited for you. So just keep going. yeah. Yeah. Keep showing up.
0: And think about like your own experience. You're able to talk to people and help people based on the time period and the experiences that you had, just like you're saying. God does things in his timing, Mm -hmm. and they're always perfect. And much of the time, depending on how he's going to use us and the purposes that he's going to use us for, Mm -hmm. he allows certain experiences so that we can comfort others with the same comfort we've received or teach people based on experiences that we've had. A lot of times those experiences can be good ones, but sometimes they can be negative ones. And so you are now um, being used of God as a pastor. and you've got a life of experiences that some of those negative and now, and you had a time period between giving your life to Jesus, receiving baptism in the Holy Spirit, now being able to pray. So think of all the people, that you can have an impact on because of the role that you're serving in mm. based on the experiences that you've had. That's absolutely. the way God works, and it's amazing. So the bottom line is we can trust Him. Yes. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> we can absolutely trust Him. Yes, The Bible is very clear. We can walk in the Holy Spirit or we can walk in the flesh. <laughs> and those two are oftentimes contrary to one another. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the works of the flesh, mm-hmm. and they are um, opposite of mm-hmm. one another. So, in your experience in growing and just learning how to kind of crucify the flesh, kill the flesh, so that you stay in step with the Holy Spirit, what has that process looked like for you?
2: Brutal, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you why. I think that. I think that it is, it is absolute. I mean, like we, we know, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, uh, and, and self-control. Um, those, are the, those are the fruits that we're supposed to be exhibiting. What the Lord wants is for us to bear fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit. Um, but we have to be intentional about allowing the Holy Spirit to actually prune us in order to produce fruit. The way that I've allowed and the reason why it's brutal is because the pruning process is never pleasant Mm -hmm. the lord needs to deal with stuff in our lives if we want to actually begin producing fruit he wants to get rid of those branches that are dead he wants to get rid of the branches that are not producing any fruit in our lives and so those are attitudes those are thoughts those are behaviors those are those are anything as you were saying that 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 contend, like the flesh contending with the spirit but what it actually requires is a willingness to submit because unless you're willing to submit you never actually allow the holy spirit to come in and gently deal with some stuff the word of god says that god disciplines those he loves it's been brutal at times because he's allowed me under grace to be able to deal with stuff until he says now this is just becoming an excuse mm-hmm. i'm going to accelerate the dealing with some stuff and so the way that we the way that i've seen the holy spirit produce fruit in me is i have to let him prune the things off my life that are not good we know this because we we understand the, the learning process. We go from a, a place of being unconsciously incompetent to being consciously incompetent. And then we become consciously competent to ultimately becoming unconsciously competent. And I think it's-
0: Habit formation. Habit formation, <laughs> yeah.
2: And I think that's a little bit of the journey that the Holy Spirit takes us on, where the grace is where we don't know what we're not, We don't know that what we're doing is not healthy, but then the Holy Spirit by revelation brings it into focus. Kind of like the law. The law was given to expose sin nature. And then when you realize that you have a sin nature, you have a need for a savior. And it's the same with the fruit. The only thing that's going to prevent fruit from growing in my life are the dead branches that are actually sapping the life out of me. So the Holy Spirit takes us on a journey of suddenly becoming aware, consciously aware of our incompetence in an area. Mm. And then he will allow us and he will take us on a journey of unlearning, relearning, uh, repenting, turning away, uh, dealing with stuff in our lives so that we become consciously competent with the work of the Holy Spirit and as we continue to allow the holy spirit to work on our lives we will then move to a point of being unconsciously competent and that's where it becomes our nature our character and that's when we actually begin to live in a cross christ like way unconsciously so the, it has been brutal <laughs> there's been things in my life that um there've been things in my life that have been easily dealt with there are things in my life that i've had to stone to death but it all comes down to my willingness to actually sacrifice and to deal with the things that need to get dealt with because the holy spirit is an amazing squeaky gate he'll Mm -hmm. just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going until you actually are willing to sacrifice that and so I found again, one, one last time in my life, the thing that has prevented the fruit of the Holy Spirit from operating is my unwillingness to actually deal with stuff that needs to get pruned off of my life.
0: Well, once you kind of understand his process, like for example, I'll give myself as an example, came to Christ, radically saved, was a smoker, right? for the first several months of walking with the lord did he, he the holy spirit did not i used to have the best bible study times like after i got saved so i had a basement And there was like this mattress down in the basement. And I would get, I would literally, I could not wait to get up. I was going to go spend time with the Lord. And I had my Bible and I had my pack of cigarettes and I had my coffee. (laughs) I would go down to that basement. I would put some worship music on. I'd get on my knees and I would just talk to Jesus and smoking my cigarettes (laughs) one after the the, um, other. Never dealt with me about smoking. And then the Holy Spirit began like tap, tap, tap. (laughs) It's time. And, you know, that's scary when you've depended on something for so long. You know, it's a, you feed your flesh. There's, anyway, we don't need to get into all of that. So he starts, you know, just exposing, revealing, saying, hey, I wanna work on this area in your life, but you do have to cooperate. And the thing about it that I found with the Holy Spirit is that when he, when you do this in step with Him, mm. and first you invite Him into the process to help you grow, to produce His fruit in your life, and you say, "I'm willing to go on this journey. I want to grow," um, He will do it. Yeah. He will reveal areas. Not again. In I didn't. I never felt condemned. It was just like, this isn't good for you. Mm. And as you submit to that, there is a grace. You don't have to do it in your own strength. There is a, he helps you. He gives you a a strength and a power when you rely on him and just say, okay, yes, I, mm. I see it. I acknowledge it. Let's work on it. He cooperates. As you cooperate with him, he will enable you and help you to do what you couldn't do yeah. on your own. There were times in my life I had tried to quit smoking. I might have lasted for a couple of days, but sure enough, um, something happened in my nuclear reactor. When I- <laughs> <laughs> so I've watched a lot of people maybe just think, okay, I'm going to do this. And they try to do it in their own strength. Yeah. But when you do it in cooperation, as he brings revelation to you, and I think that's why we have to also even be careful in the church not to put so much on people, allow right. the whole we always want to teach truth, but allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify yeah. people, allow the Holy Spirit to do his work, and in his timing um he'll he'll change us
2: so I had an experience in Zimbabwe where um I was standing in the parking lot with a guy who was a few years older than me. And after church, we're standing in the parking lot and he was, when I say recently a Christian, probably about 18, you know, 24 months a a Christian. And he was standing in the parking lot next to his car having a cigarette. Mm -hmm. And another guy from the church walks up to him and just says, I want you to know that The reason that you're smoking is you're you're bound by a spirit of addiction, and I'm standing there. I'm like, what the heck? How how how? What? Like this guy's on a journey. Yeah. Like this guy, he's still a baby in Christ. Like you're exactly the reason why people don't <laughs> want to come to church. But this guy's response was absolutely gold, and the way he did it, it was like, it was like scripted. He took one more drag of a cigarette. Inhaled, exhaled, put out the cigarette, and he looks at this guy and he goes, the difference between you and me is my problem is public, yours is private. Oh, wow. The guy turned around and walked away. Got him. And I was like, (laughs) wow. Wow. We all have things we deal with. We do. Some are private, some are public. Yeah. But we all have things that the Holy Spirit is working on in his time. Yeah. So, yeah. And the
0: thing, the other thing that I would probably say is, the thing that we feed, is mm. the thing that we fuel. Yeah, and the thing that we, um,
2: starve,
0: starve, is the thing that we stifle.
2: Mm. Yes. And
0: that's what I found and in, in we that's crucifying the flesh. And your if you've been feeding your flesh. You've been fueling your flesh. So a lot of times it's stronger. And the idea of of stopping something or changing that area, it can seem almost impossible because that thing's really strong. Mm. But the Holy Spirit is stronger. Yes. And as you cooperate with him and you begin to allow him to help you or starve that thing, you will find that it will be stifled. Yes, It will lose power. Yeah. and you will move along that continuum of being unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent to what's the next one consciously, com- consciously <laughs> competent to an ultimately you know which is where which is where that starvation you know mm. process is yeah. and you will find that your flesh will get weaker mm. your spirit will get stronger and before long you'll be walking in that thing in freedom and that pull on you that at once was so... I mean, I don't think about smoking <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> like the idea that I smoked two and a half packs of cigarettes every day wow. for from the time I was like 14 to 25 is like mind-boggling. It's mm. mind-boggling to even picture you doing that. I know people go, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I love my Marble life." 100. <laughs> 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 But you know what I'm saying? That I don't have to think about that at all yeah. anymore. Yes. So you really can move on that. That that's just I'm using smoking as one example, but it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Okay. So Pastor Nick, I have another question for you. I know that you want to see people growing in the relationship with Christ and becoming more and more like God, right? Well, based on your experience, especially and considering the promises that we have of the Holy Spirit's works. What do you see as the greatest hindrance to all of this?
2: I think that the greatest hindrance that we have to everything that we've been speaking about I think we've been we've touched on it a little bit. I think that it genuinely is it comes down to not dying to yourself mm-hmm. if if we are unwilling to die to ourselves, we actually give prominence to all of these things that stand in stark contrast to who we're actually supposed to be. As you were saying, Debs, it's just whatever you feed, whichever of those wolves you feed is the one that's, that, that, that's going to survive. What I've realized is that even the bad habits in our lives don't die entirely entirely they're still in our flesh. We're supposed to be crucifying our flesh. We're supposed to be dying to ourselves and sacrificing. The thing is, is that all of these hang-ups and hiccups, and they they will diminish to the point of almost being in a coma. But if they are fed just a little bit, mm. they actually come out of hibernation again, and you've got to go through that whole process again. Yep. So by the work of the Holy Spirit, you don't have... You don't have an inkling to smoke again, but, but if, if you chose to, <laughs> <laughs>
0: just say, <saying>. go
2: ahead. <laughs> As a tea drinker, are you still drinking coffee? I'm just saying because you, you you mentioned coffee and cigarettes. So look. But if 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 you if you were to- <laughs> <I'm> just telling <laughs> you the truth, I love it. But if if you were to, um, you know, choose to go back and indulge in things that you know is not good for you, healthy, and are the opposite of a life of Christ, you absolutely would be able to re-engage and uh, bring out of hibernation that addiction to nicotine. Yeah. And so that's the reason why so many people go on the cycle again, all over again is it you really are as a Christian you are swimming against the current mm-hmm. it's like a salmon, it's it's like the salmon who are swimming into these little estuaries to spawn you cannot stop until you get to those quiet waters mm-hmm. you have to keep swimming up against uh, against the stream you have to keep swimming against the the current and there are there will absolutely be obstacles in the way yeah and along the journey it will absolutely get easier and easier but the point is if you stop sacrificing if you stop crucifying the flesh you could very easily just drift back down and lose all that 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 uh, the the work that has that yes. has been done so where, so the thing that would hinder our growth is the unwillingness to continue to grow because you're either growing or you're dying. Mm. The water's either flowing or it's stagnant. Yeah. And whatever's stagnant is going to rot. And so the thing that hinders anything in any area of life is us thinking that we have somehow arrived. Mm. I've made it. Right. Pride comes before a fall. Mm. And we always need to be submitting our desires to the mm. Lord. Because again, that thing is just, it's not dead. It's just in a coma. It's in a hibernation. Yeah. And if you feed it, mm-hmm. it will start to wake up. And then you've got to go through the whole process of starving it again. And you can actually live as though it doesn't exist in your life. Yeah. That's the point. It can be in hibernation and in a coma that long. It's as though it doesn't exist. Yeah. But sinful nature exists in every single one of us. Yes. And if you feed it, Mm-hmm. It comes to life and it grows. If you starve it, you get to keep it submitted and surrendered. So
0: And that I think, as you're saying that, as we stay in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and understand times of refreshing, times, you know, that you are living in dependence on the Holy Spirit. The enemy. Well, the Bible says, what we'll wait for an opportune time. There are going to be things that we've conquered in our life, areas where we have grown and are staying in step with the Holy Spirit. But there are all sorts of things that can happen in our life. Maybe we've gotten busy and we're neglecting our time with the Lord. Maybe we've had uh, trauma happen. And I mean, there's just a host mm. of things that can happen, and I think what you're saying that nature is always there, and the enemy will wait for an opportune time, and we all have like coping mechanisms mm. and given the right moment, that don't think that a thought can't pop into your head, yeah um that an impulse can't rise up in your flesh again yeah and if you give into that, you are 100% right. You can easily find yourself going down a road that you never thought you were going to go down Mm. again. Absolutely. Well, guys, we hope today's episode sparked a desire to have a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit and just a hunger to learn more if so, our next episode is going to help you understand the difference between motivational gifts, manifestation gifts, and ministry gifts. We're going to pass along practical ways to help you better understand the way God has gifted you, along with some easy steps to help you start using those gifts more intentionally to help others. You really don't want to miss it. Pastor Nick, if you would do us the honor, would you close us out by praying for our listeners?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that we've had the opportunity over the last few minutes to just sit and talk about you. What what better opportunity is there? What, what greater thing is there to do, Father God, than to do that? I just pray for every person who's listening that you would take the message that we've covered off and the topic that we've discussed today and that you will eradicate any confusion, doubt, misinformation that the enemy may have sown into the hearts and minds of people that the the mystery of the holy spirit will will begin to dissipate as we understand more and more that the holy spirit is a person that he is that he is god that he loves us that that you are real holy spirit i just pray for every person who is hearing this that they will have an infilling and a refilling of of you and your presence i pray father god for your covering your grace your blessings upon every single one of these listeners. And I pray that as your word goes out, it will accomplish everything that you intend for it to accomplish. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
1: Thank you for praying. That was great. That was a great prayer. And I am so glad that you were here today to talk to us about the Holy Spirit and um, teach us some more. And it was just a great time to have you here. And thank you for helping us. Pleasure. Yeah. And as always guys thank you all for listening today. We cannot wait to meet you here again at First and Main Your Avenue to Living Well.